Lord God, wake us up to a worship for you now this fall. In the midst of all this struggle, may our worship not stop. And all of God's people said, Amen. Well, it's great to be here with you today and uh, fired up to be able to be continuing walking through this series. This series is called Light the Fire. Light the Fire. And it's all about our hearts on fire for Jesus Christ. Each of us individually, then all of us as families, all of us as a church, going after Jesus Christ with all we've got. May he get all the praise and the glory. And I'm just telling you, it's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy in this world to be able to start listening to whatever is going on on social media or wherever else, and it starts taking your mind away. And then we all of a sudden, our worship is just stopped. Man, our job is to be able to learn how in a voiced world where they speak loudly, that our worship will not move. And all of God's people said, man, that's a huge deal. That's what we're going after, being on fire for Jesus Christ with all we've got. So do me a favor, turn with me, if you will, to 1 Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 14. 1 Timothy 3, starting in verse 14. And we've been walking through the book of 1 Timothy and uh, today we're going to be talking about the next step in what it is to be the uh, partnering in a church that's on fire. What it is to be a member of a church that's going after Jesus Christ, lit on fire. And the title here for this sermon is uh, Members Liberated, Experiencing the Freedom in Jesus Christ, Experiencing the Hope in Jesus Christ, and Being Able to Go After It. Man, we are in a world that is longing to sell something. And it comes woefully short of who Jesus Christ is. And um, we do have some responsibility in this world. Like it isn't wrong to understand that we need to take part in some pieces of this world. Please vote in the next week and a half, right? We have responsibilities. Make sure you're prepped. Make sure you know what you're going after and vote next week. Make sure you're representing as you so see fit to represent who Christ is and bring that with all you've got. But man, voting and then stepping back and doing nothing else is not what it's about. It, it is about leaning in with Christ personally, regularly, daily, and growing with Him. And may He rock your world and may you rock the world of those who know you because you know the Savior of the universe. So here we go. Point number one, uh, if we're going to read through 1 Timothy 3, embrace Jesus as the only true answer for this broken world. Embrace Jesus as the only true answer for this broken world. Paul starts out in verse 14, he says, I hope to come to you soon, but I am writing these things to you so that if I delay, you may know how you ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of the truth. He starts out, I hope to come to you soon. Like Paul is up in Macedonia to get back down here to where Timothy is at in Ephesus. He'd actually have to do a kind of a water journey. It would have been quite the little trip. And he's like, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to make it back. I hope to get there. But if I don't get there, I'm just telling you, I long to give you this information so that you know how to behave in the household of God. 
so that you get what the church is like. You understand what the roles within the church need to be. He's like, Timothy, I'm putting you in this place. Make sure you lead the church to be able to go after God with all they've got. May we truly behave properly. May there be proper directions on interacting and on worshiping your Savior. He says, which is to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, which is the church of the living God. Man, this is a huge statement. The church, we are the called out ones. That's what that word means in the original language, called out ones. People were called out to come to like the middle of the town whenever there was some major issue going on. And when you came to the middle of the town, your job was to be able to represent that topic well called out ones, to rally to the middle of the town with purpose. That's the church. To rally to the middle with purpose. May we rally and celebrate Jesus Christ. The church of the living God. Our purpose is to represent the one true living God. To represent the God of the universe who absolutely sits over it all who knows exactly what he's doing. He brings eternal life. And let that word settle. He brings eternal life. That's what that word living there is. It represents the word eternal living. Our God lives forever. He always has existed and he always will exist. And we as the church are the ones rallied together to celebrate that God, to point to him with all we've got. Man, we have to be fired up about who Jesus Christ is. And may we lift him up and worship him with all we've got. Our purpose is to glorify him. It says, and we are a pillar and a buttress of the truth. A pillar and buttress of the truth. We're talking about the church here. And uh, notice it doesn't have the definite article on it. It's not the pillar and the buttress. It's a pillar and a buttress. It's saying that God has many ways of supporting, representing the truth and getting the word out in this world. But the church is one and a key one, a pillar, a support, a stabilizer, right? Picture like a roof and a pillar holding it up, right? This roof of truth and the pillar is holding it up. The church is that pillar holding up the truth, the truth of Jesus Christ and making much of him. Make it really clear here, being a pillar is a supporting role, not a source role. The church is not the source of truth. The church is the support of the truth. What is the source of truth? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus alone is the source of truth. He and what he shares with us. When he says, I am the truth, man, that is where we let it sit. Jesus Christ, God Almighty, he is the truth. He shares down. We see him sharing through his word, the truth of who he is. And we get to grasp all that he is. Jesus is the truth. Everybody say, he's the truth. Yeah, Jesus is the truth. Don't miss it. The church is not the source of the truth. Jesus himself is the truth. Uh, let's just put it this way. We support the truth. We do not source the truth. And this is a super important deal to get, right? There are churches that try to teach 
that they are actually the source of all truth. Come to them and they will tell you exactly the way it is. And in fact, it will change over time. So just follow with them. And they'll use their traditions and they'll use their statements. And then third level, maybe they'll bring in the word of God, the Bible. And I'm just telling you that's an epic fail. And this church doesn't roll that way. And that is not what God's church is meant to be. The church is the support. That's meaning we support Jesus Christ. And our position takes the stand and we will not move. This church, Summit Point Church, we will support the truth. That is Jesus Christ. That is his word. And we will not move off of it. And all of God's people said, huge deal, man, that we grasp. We are that pillar. It says we are that buttress. That word buttress, just so you know, in the ESV, it's a complex word. It actually only exists one time in the original language in the Greek. And so sometimes they, they translate it like the word buttress, sometimes foundation. Basically, it means it's able to hold up and support. Same thing as pillar. It's bringing this high support of the truth of Jesus Christ. It says, great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. The mystery of God doing something in our lives and taking away the sin that is so real in all of us. And each and every human being wrestles with sin. We all wrestle with it. I wrestle with it. We all wrestle with sin. Every one of us has a struggle within where our heart is messed up and goes for self. And yet God does something amazing and offers a privilege and a hope for our lives and our souls to be transformed. This mystery of godliness. God doing something in us, not us doing something in ourselves. God doing the work. And uh, you know, the next group of words here in verse 16 that he goes through, uh, this is probably a hymn that was being sung in the early church. Uh, this is the words that God was making known to the apostles, words that were being made known to the prophets, and they were sharing out to those in the church. In fact, they ultimately got written down in the word. We now have some of these different lines and different verses. So as we go through it, I'll give you the verses where they're located in our Bible now, as we now have the truth. And so this was probably a hymn being sung. Here we go. Truth about Jesus Christ, the mystery of godliness. It says... I'm going to read through it first and then we'll go back and break it down. He was manifested in the flesh. He was vindicated by the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. Jesus Christ. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up into glory. God Almighty says he was manifested in the flesh. He became man. God stepping down into this world with you and me. And he clothed himself with flesh. He was manifested in the flesh. John chapter 1, starting in verses 1 and 2 and moving on from there, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus, God Almighty, stepping into this world, clothing himself with humanity for you. He loves you. And he stepped into this world to make an impact for us. God became man. 
Fully God and fully man, he stepped into this world with flesh. Next one, he was vindicated by the Spirit. He was shown to be truly God. That's what that means, vindicated. Shown to be truly God by the Spirit. Romans chapter 1, verse 4, it says, Jesus was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the Spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. That's Jesus Christ. By his resurrection from the dead. Holy Spirit brought on the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Yes, God Almighty stepped into this world. Yes, he clothed himself with humanity. He lived a perfect life. Absolutely no sin. God sinless in this world. Only one clothed with flesh to live sinless. He went to the cross and he died for you and for me. Him dying on that cross to replace what we owe. This is the mystery of godliness. God doing a work in us to change us. Him at the cross because he loves you. He loves you. And he died for you. And he is fixing a problem we could have never fixed. But he did more than just die. He rose again from the dead. He is alive. Jesus Christ has conquered death. The Holy Spirit pouring on this resurrection life, vindicating him, saying, this one is truly God. Can you imagine having been there? Can you imagine the devastation? Jesus has died. You thought he was something bigger. You weren't sure what. He died. You are horrified. And for several days, you are holed up and you can barely grasp it. And you're not sure what's going on next. And the next thing you hear rumor, somebody was at the tomb and it's open and he's gone. And then somebody else comes in and says, no, I talked with him. He's alive. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ risen from the dead, vindicated by the spirit. Romans chapter one, verse four, proof positive. He is God almighty. Jesus Christ is risen. Everybody just say he's alive. Jesus is alive, man. Don't miss it. This is a thunderous hope that Jesus came, that Jesus died, but that Jesus rose from the dead and he conquered death. Then it says, seen by angels, seen by angels. There's witnesses both before, during, and after. Seen by angels. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 6 says, when he was made firstborn of the world, let all God's angels worship him. Let all God's angels worship him. They saw Jesus beforehand. Remember, God exists from all eternity past to eternity future. The angels, they saw him beforehand. They saw him humble himself and clothe himself with the very thing he just made. They saw him put on flesh. They saw him live a perfect life and get mistreated, misunderstood, and abused. They saw it. They saw him horrified. Can you imagine how you would feel as an angel? Wanting to lean into that a little bit. How dare you treat my savior that way? I'm in. Jesus Christ put on the cross, horrified as they look on. 
And as he breathes his last and says it is finished, him making a payment so that you and I can be loved and cared for and provided for. Your God loves you. But he did more than that. He then rose from the dead. And as he breathed again, and as that tomb opened, can you imagine as the angels were allowed to be around that, celebrating that, as they're able to be the ones sharing it. Why do you look in here? He's alive. He is risen. This is your God. The angels being able to be a witness to it, seeing it from before, seeing it during, and now seeing it after as he then is ascended up into the heavens. It says next, not only seen by the angels, proclaimed among the nations, proclaimed among the nations. Colossians 1.23 says the gospel which had been proclaimed in all creation under heaven. The gospel, the good news, thunderously stated, God has come. God has made a way. Your God loves you. Jesus is the truth. Thunderous gospel message spread out. And know this, the word says that there will be representatives from every tribe, every tongue, and every nation. There will be hope and salvation in every tribe, tongue, and nation. Praise God for that, man. When we get home to heaven, there will be representatives from every ethnicity on this planet. And God bringing some from every one of these nations and all of them saying, he is my savior. He is my king. As they worship him with all they've got. Know this man. The truth of Jesus Christ is being proclaimed among the nations. Believed on in the world. Believed on in the world. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Whoever believes in him, whoever says, I get it, I believe he is alive. He is God Almighty. He died for me and he is alive. I believe. And I'm not talking believe like we use the word believe. I'm not talking about some fact. I'm talking about something that affects how I live. I am willing to take a step with my God and give him my life. I believe. I am in. Romans 10.9 says that if we believe he is risen from the dead and we confess him as Lord, you take over, you're in charge. Not I'm in charge. You can save me if you want, but I'm in charge. Not that. You're in charge. Please take over. That's saved. He says, believed on in this world. Believed on. And do you believe that Jesus Christ is alive? Are you willing to make him Lord of your life? You're in charge, God. That's saved. And then it says here, taken up in glory. Taken up in glory. Acts chapter 1, verse 11. Jesus is talking to the disciples. It's after he's risen from the dead. He's been around for 40 days, a little bit longer. And as he's talking with them, he ends up chatting with them. And in the middle of his challenge to them, he begins to ascend up into the heavens. It doesn't exactly say how that went down, 
but literally the way the grammar is written there, it appears that he's actually talking to them and starts rising into the air. Like as he's talking, they're like, what? watching him go up. And as he's going up, there's a point where he probably addressed it. Like, I'm going into the heavens. Like he's sharing with them what's going on. And they're just watching him go up and he disappears into the sky. And they're looking around and you know they had to look at each other. What? What did we just see? And all of a sudden an angel is standing next to him. Another one who just got to witness it. And the angel is like, why are you looking up there? Just so I'm clear, he's coming back the same way. He will come back visibly. He will come back physically. And he will come back thunderously, Jesus Christ. He is God Almighty. And know this, you're going to see him come back to this very spot, same way. Man, that's what we are longing for. Our God to put an end to this entire debacle of a world with his unbelievable presence. Jesus Christ is coming again. And all of God's people said, amen, man, don't miss it. Hope. We have hope in Jesus Christ. Hope that he has stepped into this world. Hope that he lived a perfect life. Hope that he died for me. Hope that he is risen. Proof he is God Almighty. Hope that he has all authority. He is risen into the heavens and hope that he is coming again. Jesus Christ. Hope. You know, as we wrestle through this passage and see the hymn that's going on, I love the hope that's being shared here. If you get to chapter four, verse one, it says, now the spirit expressly says that in later times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. And we're gonna cover this verse in just a little bit, but I wanna make this clear. It says, now the spirit expressly says that in later times, some will depart from the faith. Please note it says from the faith, not from their faith. Do you hear the difference? It's not saying that they all of a sudden are no longer saved. It's saying they were playing a game. It's saying they were coming in and hanging around the church. They were hanging around what was being declared about Jesus. And they were saying, I'm kind of looking like I'm with this. But they weren't really living it. They weren't giving their lives over to him. They were living instead a life privately for themselves, but making it publicly look like maybe they were kind of with it. And be careful that you're not living the I'm faking it life. Make sure you're not making it just look like it. Make sure you're handing your life truly to your Savior. Think of it like this. Let's imagine we're all going on a vacation. That'd be nice, huh? Let's imagine we're going on a vacation. Let's go further. Let's imagine there's no more COVID and we're going on a vacation and we're able to enjoy, right? And all of God's people said, right? Let's imagine 
that we're picking out the place we're going to go. We're like, okay, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to go here, take the family. It's going to be great. Can't wait to get there. I'm going on this. And this place I'm picking out is perfect. It's going to be that so relaxing, so invigorating. And so I picked the spot. Now I pick the airline that I'm going to go on. I pick the flight that I'm going to take. It all makes sense. I know where I'm headed. I know how I'm headed there. In fact, I've even looked at the different options. I've checked out some of the airlines and some of the flights. And I know the differences in the planes and the sizes and the chair sizes and what I can get for it. I understand exactly what's going on with it. I even know which airport the plane is taking off from. So I long to be able to go on this trip. So I go to the airport and I'm hanging out at the airport. Just so we're super clear, I'm still not on the plane. And I look out and I see the plane coming in and landing. And I'm like, there it is. Just so we're clear, I'm still not on the plane. And as they begin to open the doors and there's boarding taking place, I'm like, that's it. And I can't wait for that. And I can't wait to be over there. And this is the plane and I can get on and this is how it all works. And just so we're clear, I'm still not on the plane. Hanging around in the airport is not going on vacation. Getting on the plane is what it's about. Man, are you on the plane of believing in Jesus Christ? Are you in? Or are you coming to the airport a lot, church? Are you hanging around the church a lot and making it look like are you fully aware of the end point? Man, it'd be awesome. Heaven's going to be great. And, but I'm still not on the plane. And when are you on the plane? When you climb on and you put your hope and your willingness and your faith and your trust in and you're like, this is it, here we go. You sit down, you buckle up. I am willing to be sitting on this plane. I am trusting this plane to take me there. And I am under this plane's leadership now. Here we go. On the plane. Are you on the plane of letting Jesus Christ be your king? Are you willing to trust in him? Are you believing with all you've got? Are you handing your life to him and saying, Lord God, take over? That's saved. And we're just gonna take a moment right here, midway in the service, and let's just get real with our God. Why doesn't everybody just bow your heads and close your eyes? Just go ahead and bow your head, close your eyes. Man, if you have not trusted Christ as Savior, if you have not believed that Jesus is risen from the dead and said, Lord, take over, I am willing for you to lead my life, you're in charge. If you have not gotten on the plane, if you've just been coming to the airport a lot, it's time to get on the plane called trusting Jesus Christ and giving him your life. Man, will you do that right now? Just take a moment to say, Lord God, I am willing to give you my life. Just right where you are, handing it to him. I believe you are risen and I'm trusting you, I'm willing. 
Maybe you're a little uncertain of even what to say. I'm just gonna say some words. You can repeat these after me. There's no magic to these words, but it's making clear where you stand with your God. Here's my request. Put the stake in the ground today. Don't miss out. And we had some 67 people accept Christ at Easter and put the stake in the ground. We had 30-something kids in the junior high put the stake in the ground just a couple weeks ago. Man, if this is where you're at, now is the time. Don't miss out. Just put the stake in the ground and let your God know. You can repeat these words after me, something like this. Dear Heavenly Father, just right where you are, privately repeating it. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit I'm a sinner. I admit I do things wrong. I need you. I believe. I believe you are risen from the dead. I believe you are risen, God, alive. And now, Lord Jesus, I'm climbing on the plane. Please take over. I am willing for you to lead. I am trusting that you have this. Please take my life. You're in charge. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And just everybody keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Man, if you have trusted Christ as Savior, just be praying right now. Maybe there's those who are even still struggling and If you prayed to accept Christ today, or maybe even just recently, if you've prayed to accept Christ, man, I'd love to pray for you. Right here and right now, I'd love to just pray out. Could you let me know that you've trusted Christ as Savior? Just go ahead and raise your hand right where you are. Let me know that here in in this room. Just go ahead and raise your hand. If you're online, there's going to be a button down below there you can click in the chat room. Just go ahead and click that and let me know so that I can be praying for you. Amen. I see those hands. Gotcha. Amen. Amen. Anybody else who's trusted Christ today, right now you're in. You're climbing on board the airplane, you're giving your God your hope. see that hand praise God for that man we have hope in Jesus Christ don't miss out if this is a moment where you've been longing to be able to see something different in your life it's time to hand it over to your God don't let this time go by don't make it just another visit to the airport it's time to put your life in Christ's hands Anybody else who's like, I'm in. I'm giving my life to him. Okay. 
Amen, man. We praise God. Amen. I see that hand on. Got it. Know this. We serve the Savior, and He's in charge. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Lord Jesus, we praise you that we have hope in you, that we have life in you. Lord God, we thank you right now for these who have risen their hand, that they are in, that they are committed, that this is a stake in the ground, they are with you. No more just coming to the airport, no more just knowing about you or about heaven. Now their lives are centered on you. May you get all the glory. Lord God, we pray that you give them hope. We pray that you give them confidence. We pray that you give them an amazing bite on reality as they get to know you in such a deep, powerful way. Lord, may this not just rock eternity for them, but may this rock today and tomorrow for them. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done in their lives. And we praise your name in the saving, healing, redeeming name of Jesus Christ. We pray these things. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. Huge, man. Just so we're super clear, scripture says that when we accept Christ as savior, the angels who are witnesses to who Christ is celebrate. And in this moment, as we've had some who have committed their lives to Christ, the angels celebrating multiple times over, may God get all the glory. That is hope, man. That is truth. And that is our love of Jesus Christ. May we truly praise him. Let's just keep on going here. Point number two, hold fast to the Jesus uh, only plan. Hold fast to the Jesus only plan. Again, we'll start in verse one again of chapter four. It says, now the spirit expressly says that in later times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to the deceitful spirits and to the teachings of demons. Like they didn't get it, they were faking it and they drifted off from it. They never took a moment to put a stake in the ground and say, this is it, I'm with my God. They just drifted the whole time through. And uh, just so we're clear, these guys are not saved and they are not losing their salvation. They never had it. First John chapter 2, verse 19 is a great verse if you want to write it down to be able to look at it later, but I'll read it off here. First John 2, 19. It says, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they are not of us. First John 2, 19. They left the church and they walked away from the truth of who Jesus Christ is because it wasn't where they were really standing. And they drifted over time. He's like that same thing happening here. Now he says, through the insincerity of liars whose uh, consciences are seared. People coming into the church, people beginning to communicate with you at work, people beginning to share with you what sounds like a hope at first, but then they start changing the words. They start taking whatever the truths are about scripture and then they drift off of it some and they begin to try to tear down. And for those who are just hanging around in the airport, but not actually on the plane, the words become pretty enticing. And we'll look at a few of the words here 
in just a moment, but their consciences are seared, it says. That literally means that little voice inside you that speaks, you know, that's like, this is not a good plan. You know that one? That's like, "Uh uh-oh, why am I thinking of going that way? That is not a good direction to go. That's your conscience speaking, maybe even Holy Spirit speaking along with your conscience, right? And their conscience seared means their conscience doesn't even speak up to it. Their conscience doesn't even see it as wrong. They're like, what? What's wrong with that? It's like when you look at your speedometer and it says you're going 45, but then when you pull up at the stoplight and stop, it still says you're going 45. You know what I'm talking about? That's called a broken speedometer. That's what he's talking about here, a broken conscience. Like it's not working and a huge problem. So these guys are whispering in untruths. It says, who forbid marriage? and require abstinence from foods, who forbid marriage. This is God's gift of oneness, God's gift of sexuality, God's gift of relationship. And they're like, don't do it. Don't go to it. Now, please hear me. There's nothing wrong with singleness. First Corinthians chapter seven talks about the value of singleness and being able to worship your God more. You have more time, more focus and all of those things. There's nothing wrong with singleness. That's awesome. But that is a choice you have, not a mandate to you. To say it is forbidden is absolutely wrong. Taking away God's gift in those areas and uh, beginning to create the Jesus and plan. Like, yeah, 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 I get you with the Jesus thing. But you also have to do this. That is wrong. Everybody say not that. No Jesus and plan, not ever. Just Jesus only. And then forbids marriage and who requires abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. They're like, let's hold back from you what God created in the area of food. To say, abstaining from food. I'm just going to say it this way. This is a quote I wrote down. I was thinking through this this week. Um, Here's some words for you. Um, Beating the flesh is not salvation. Beating the flesh is not salvation. It is a mockery of God's salvation and an attempt to handle it myself. Beating the flesh is not salvation. It's a mockery of God's salvation and it's an attempt to handle it myself. I got this. I just won't eat that food. I'm just going to put that down. I'm just going to not eat that other piece of pumpkin pie. I'm just going to... God says, it's right here. If you ever want to know if pumpkin pie is actually to be eaten... This is your verse, man, right? Like it's great to be able to, to, to enjoy food. Now there is gluttony on the other side. Be careful, right? Make sure it's in measure, but make sure you enjoy. And he's like, yes, enjoy it. These things were to be received with thanksgiving. You're like, see, it's Thanksgiving, pumpkin pie, right? Enjoy it, man. Like be able to have a good time with the food. Make sure it makes sense to you to be able to say thank you. It says to be able to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. To be able to celebrate and praise God and all that he's given you. For everyone, everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. You don't have to reject anything. If it's received with thanksgiving. Now you might be like, yeah, but what about the Old Testament? I saw some of those stories in there where they have to give up like 
animals with certain hooved things and I have to like no shellfish and what's up with that? And just so we're super clear, God had a set of laws for them in a period of time and he brought that on there. A couple of reasons for it. Some was health standard stuff. Some of it was actually just to be able to separate and make a little bit of distance between them and the nations around that weren't following God. God was doing something, but know this, scripture says, Jesus Christ fulfilled the law. Fulfill. Everybody say, it is fulfilled. The law is fulfilled. And so now the statement as we move into New Testament is all these things are created and all of them are good and all of them are to be enjoyed. Go about enjoying them. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Enjoy. Be able to live it up. It says, for it is made holy by the word of God and by prayer. It is made holy by the word of God and by prayer. Just so you know, this is probably one of those great verses about why right before we eat a meal, we pray. It is made holy by the word of God and by prayer. To take a moment, consecrating it to God to say, thank you, Lord, for this food. Thank you for how great this will taste for those who can taste, right? I don't have that prayer anymore. I'm like, thank you, Lord, that it feels good. Like I pray about texture now, but there are textures of food that are phenomenal. Thank you, Lord, that this is so awesome. I appreciate it and you are awesome. Thanks for providing this. Thanks for creating this. Pray and thank your God to be able to worship him and celebrate him and to lift him up. God is good. May we live a life of thankfulness and appreciation. May we recognize I am on the plane. I am buckled in. I am thankful for all that you let me taste. And I am celebrating you with every moment. I am thankful for who you are. My God reigns. And all of God's people said, amen, man. Amen. Let's pray.